0: Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? All right? Yeah, raise your thumb if you're doing well. Sideways if you're not doing, not sure. Everyone's all right. Everyone's great. Isn't that fantastic? It's so good to see you this morning. My name's Matt. My privilege to speak to you now for the next half an hour or so. And Richard, who's a lecturer at Roehampton University on theology and various things, is going to be also sharing something this morning as well from our subject, which is principally about healing. And the the title of this message is Say the Word, The Faith of the Centurion. Can you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 7, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 to 10. So get a Bible in front of you. I hope you've all got a Bible with you. If you haven't, there's some on the side. There's not any on the sides. Oh, there's some over in the back there. Please do try to bring a Bible so you can follow along with what's being said in God's Word. Let me read from you to you from Luke 7, verses 1 to 10. When Jesus had finished saying all this, what had he just been saying, guys, about what? Uh, you know this. You know this, Phil. How, build your house on the rock. See, Ben's been paying attention. hope you've enjoyed the blogs this week, the devotionals, which we've been looking at, building your house on the rock which is the sermon that, just, as Phil mentioned last week, which is what he's just been teaching us after he'd just been saying all this. So we could say what we're going to look at now is a bit more like, let's, how do we build our house on the rock? By doing this kind of thing that's in this passage. So when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. Say the word, my servant will be healed for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. This one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it, if only. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had Been sent, returned to the house, and found the servant well. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you, you are with us, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Help us to learn from your word today. Be pleased with our response. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, what's today's lesson? from our text. It's this, Jesus loves to see faith that asks for big things. So let's keep asking Jesus to heal, not because we are worthy, but because he is gracious and has authority. Let's say that again. What's our lesson? Jesus loves to see faith that asks for big things. So let's keep asking Jesus to heal. Not because we are worthy, but because he is gracious and has authority. Firstly, I want us to see this is about having faith in Jesus as Savior. This is, this is a, a, a text about healing, isn't it? And you can look at the healing and think this is just about teaching us about healing. And we can miss the big point the big point here is Luke, Luke is not just teaching us that he wants us to pray for the sick and see them healed. And of course, that is in here. The big idea is that Luke wants us to have faith in Jesus. He wants us to see this healing, and he wants us to, like the centurion, hear about Jesus. He wants us to be like, do you remember the- Theophilus? At the beginning of Luke, we read that this this letter is written to Theophilus, who is also a Roman, a Roman dignitary, like this centurion, a Roman, so not a member of the Jewish nation, an outsider. And this is about outsiders who are not part of the Jewish nation, God's chosen people. So God wants all people everywhere to put their faith in Jesus, even Romans at the time, who were considered the enemies of God's people. And that's true for today, isn't it? God wants you from any background, no matter how far away you are from church, no matter what religious background you have, no matter what your views are, to hear about Jesus. To see this kind of story here, this account, historical account of who Jesus is, and to put your faith in him. That's the big point here. Like Theophilus, like the centurion, like the servant, he wants you to put your faith in Jesus. To become a Christian. Say, come into my life, Jesus. Forgive me for my sins. You are are God. Come and be my God. Come and lead my life. Come and save me. Come and cleanse me. Come and forgive me. You are the Messiah. You are the great king. Come into my life. Whatever words you want to use to invite Jesus into your life. This is the big idea here. I've not seen such faith in all Israel. This centurion had faith in Jesus. This centurion, it said he'd heard about Jesus. So he sent for Jesus. You've heard about Jesus. Would you send for Jesus? Have you said, Come into my life? Come in. I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. I'm not worthy to have you in my life. We're not worthy. We're not worthy of his forgiveness. We're not worthy of his presence. We're not worthy of the holy God in our lives. We're not worthy. But he, he clearly shows his will in this scripture to come into our lives, to come under our roof, to come into our families to come into our flats, to come into our apartments, to come into our lives and be with us, walk with us in our lives, as we heard Raph so eloquently. Isn't he eloquent, Raph? Isn't he eloquent? Oh, if only I could do that. He's just so... You should do that more often, Raph. Perhaps you should do a bit more. He's very busy, old Raph. I keep trying to encourage him, but he's very busy. He's doing a lot, isn't he? Let's give Raph a round of applause, yeah? He's a busy man, but he, he serves us so well, and uh, God has clearly gifted you, Raph, He's so eloquent. But why, why am I saying that? Because he spoke about, it, didn't he, walking with Jesus, and this is true. Jesus wants to come into our lives. That's the most important thing this today, right? That's the most important thing. Now, I want to talk about healing, but don't get caught up always. When you, when you see Jesus healing in the Gospels, It is about teaching us to heal, but that's not the primary thing. These are signs that point to who Jesus is, that he is the saviour, and that he wants to come into our lives as saviour. As well as healing, but he does come in as saviour, and that's the most important thing. Jesus loves to see faith in him, but also we're going to talk about healing now. Jesus loves to see faith that asks for big things, like healing. And we're going to be praying later for healing. Healing is a big part of salvation. Jesus Jesus heals us as part of salvation. Salvation salvation is a big thing. It's not just forgiveness. Ultimately, you know this at the end of history, all you will be raised again in a new heavens and a new earth with a new body. And that kingdom breaks into today's world. Not in perfection, not everybody's healed, not everybody's completely holy. In the future, you will be completely holy, you will be completely glorified, you will have a new body, your heart, your mind, your body will be perfect and risen again in a new heavens and a new earth. That's where your destiny is if you've received Jesus Christ. Those whom he called, he justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. That's where you're going to be. And you taste it now. You can experience the kingdom now. Enter the kingdom now. And that includes forgiveness. It includes holiness. It includes a measure of healing in the body. Doesn't it? But but we are going to physically die, which won't be the case in the future. But anyway, we're going to talk about healing now. And I'm going to ask Richard to come up and share with us. Let's welcome Richard (laughs) as he comes up now.
1: He's even got a timer. Look at that. (laughs) Yes. So I want to talk about the role of faith in divine healing. And it's going to be based on this text. But also... Um, I'm going to draw upon some of the lessons I learned at a recent conference on healing. So sometimes I, I need to be rem- reminded to put this close to my mouth. Uh, organized by New Ground, and so I'll be referring to some of the things I learned from that. And the aim of the conference was to encourage us to do what Jesus told us to do, to heal the sick. So in Luke 7:9, as Matt uh, read to us, we see that Jesus marveled or wondered at the Gentile centurion's faith. So faith is clearly very important for healing, um, but the relationship between faith and healing is sometimes not very clear or straightforward. What we know from Luke is that Jesus celebrated faith when he came across it, but we also read that he admonished his disciples for their unbelief. And in, in this occasion, Uh, he celebrated the faith of the Gentile uh, centurion. And one of the conference sessions that uh, uh, was entitled Fostering Faith for Healing, it looked at how Jesus trained his disciples to become effective in healing. By his example, they were around him, watching him healing the sick. By giving them opportunities to go out and practice, and then by developing their faith. So I want to focus particularly on how we can grow and develop uh, in faith for healing. And here I'm thinking both of those who perhaps are seeking healing for themselves, but also those who are wanting to see people healed uh, through their prayers. So firstly, um, we develop or grow in faith by looking at Jesus and away from our problems, away from... Our performance, whether we feel worthy to be healed, and away from our past. So sometimes we might think, well, our lifestyle choices in the past maybe have contributed to our sickness. But we have to consciously look away, just as the centurion looked away from his dying servant to Jesus. If we focus on our symptoms or whether we feel we deserve to receive God's blessings, it will dampen our faith and maybe hinder our healing. Now, in the Old Testament, healing and health were conditional upon keeping God's laws. But in the New Covenant, um, they were condition- healing is conditional on God's grace and our faith in Christ's sacrifice on our behalf. Now, in this uh, story that we read, we can see this reflected in the different contrasting words of the Jewish elders and the centurion to Jesus. The Jewish elders, when they appealed to Jesus to heal the centurion's um, servant, base it or or appealed to him on the basis of his righteous works. So he says, he's worthy for you to grant this to him, for he loves our nation and he built our synagogue. In contrast, the centurion knew he was unworthy. And that healing was dependent on faith. For this reason, he says, I did not consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and your servant or my servant will be healed. So choosing to look away from my problem and looking to Jesus, it sounds simple, doesn't it? But it's not. And I think it's very challenging, particularly those who, for those who have long-term sicknesses or um, serious symptoms or a poor prognosis. It's not easy. But I think it can... It uh, also be difficult for those who feel unworthy, for whatever reason. Whether we are seeking healing for ourselves or for others, our faith will grow as we focus on Jesus and His sacrifice, and away from our problem, our past, our sins, our unworthiness. And this brings me to the second way that we can grow. In faith for healing. In Luke 7, verse 7, again, um, the centurion says to Jesus, Say the word, and my servant will be healed. So faith grows as we hear the word of Christ and we speak it out. Faith grows as we hear the word of Christ and we speak it out. In Romans 10, Paul says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And in Psalm 107, it says, God sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And I briefly, very briefly, want to mention four ways that we can hear the word of Christ and grow in faith for healing. Firstly, by reading and meditating on healing scriptures. For example, Isaiah 53, surely our sicknesses he himself bore and our pains he carried, and by his stripes we are healed. And this is repeated in Matthew chapter 8. And I find reading the Gospels and looking at the way Jesus uh, um, responded to the sick people that came to him very helpful in this respect. Secondly, by reading, reading and listening to teaching on healing by those who have a track record of praying for the sick. So, the speakers at this conference um, had extensive experience of Healing, and which they were able to draw upon in their presentations. And there are also books on sale um, by people that you may have heard of, but they've been quite influential on in my life, like John Wimber, um, Randy Clark, Heidi Baker, and others. Um, so, listening and reading, teaching on healing, I think, is important. Thirdly, by asking and receiving. Uh, words of knowledge. Now, words of no- words of knowledge are one of the charismatic or spiritual gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12, alongside gifts of healing. Because sometimes God can give revelation to people about what He is wanting to do, particularly in relation to healing, and this can stimulate faith for healing, both in those who are sick but also those who are praying for healing. And during one of the conference sessions, we had we were we were taught on why words of knowledge are important, but also how we can receive them. We also had opportunity in small groups to practice a bit. And finally, by listening and sharing testimonies of healing. And in Luke 7.3, it was when the centurion heard about Jesus that he sent the Jewish elders with a message, come and heal my uh, servant. Testimonies can I'm talking about public testimonies here can help us out of our old way of thinking and increase our faith for healing. And they also help us to overcome Satan. In Revelation 12, they overcome him, overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of testimony. But most of all, testimonies glorify God and they glorify Jesus. And this is where I want to end. And we see this in the next story that Luke um, tells us. That the he, sorry, the raising of the dead of the son of the widow of Nain. I just want to read in closing these verses, verse 15. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. And fear gripped them all, and they began glorifying God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report concerning him went out all over Judea and in all the surrounding districts. So, testimony is... Um, most of all they glorify God and they glorify Jesus.
0: What I'm gonna be saying for the last few minutes is just really a reiteration of some of the stuff which has already said. We need to be believing, don't we, for healing. We we read in this scripture, say the word, my servant will be healed. I love the idea how testimonies stir our faith, how reading God's word grows our faith, how listening to teaching raises our faith. We can also ask Jesus to raise our faith as well, can't we? Lord Jesus, help me in my unbelief. I have faith, help me with my unbelief. There's so many ways you can raise your faith, but the most important, I suppose. And one of the importance of being here this morning is that even this subject is being brought to mind, isn't it? It's being brought to mind. We keep getting the angels singing out this morning. They're so happy with our preaching. So let's have faith and keep asking for Jesus to heal. As we, as we saw in this, we see initially, as Richard has mentioned, that It's so important that we don't see our healing as based upon our good works, and that includes our faith. I mean, of course, I'm encouraging you to have faith, but I think what a lot of us do is this. We say, I don't have enough faith. My faith isn't good enough. They've clearly got the right faith. I just haven't got the right faith. To be honest with you, that's defeatist. You have the faith you've got, haven't you? You've, you've got the faith you've got, and God loves you, so you have to pray with the faith that you have got. And remember, Jesus loves to see faith. Let's be, I think sometimes we can read scripture with kind of rose-tinted spectacles and infer things into it, or presume things. Let's remember, this centurion had far less experience than you have, far less teaching The most of you have ever had. He believes that Jesus, do you believe that if Jesus says the word, that anybody can be healed? You do believe it. So you have faith, don't you? You have the faith of the centurion. You already have that faith. So pray with the faith you have. Don't be condemned. Now, I just want to throw into you, it does mention in James, confess your sins to one another so you may be healed. So, if you do feel like, oh, you know what, I'm a bit of a mess, my life, I've got sick, you know, just confess it to God, turn from it, and move on. Don't wallow in your, 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 your sins. The devil wants to rob you of your confidence in prayer. So if you do feel like, and God does convict us of our sins, and we do have sins, you have, I have, confess them to God, maybe confess them to a brother or sister. That is important, and that is part of your growth as a Christian. Part of your healing is your character growing in Christ's likeness, isn't it? That is part of healing. It's not physical healing in one sense, but it's certainly character healing, because we were designed to be in the image of god were we not we were made in the image of god and that means that your f- our fallenness includes not only our physical bodies but the way we think and our character so part of your healing is repentance and asking for forgiveness so don't be surprised when you're in church or in prayer that god the holy spirit reminds you of sin to convict you of sin so you can say sorry ask for forgiveness Move on, but don't let it stop you from praying for sickness. Like this man, you are unworthy of healing, you are unworthy of his grace. We are always unworthy, and no matter how much faith anybody you think you have, it is always tainted, it's never full, it's never complete, it's never perfect. We're all so. Pray with the faith you have. Don't let condemnation hold you back from serving God. And I know some of you that won't be an issue. You know, some of you need to be a bit more self-aware. But some of you can be very worried and constantly asking yourself things like, have I committed the unforgivable sin? I tell you now... If you are worried about that, you have, not forgi- <laughs> you have not committed the unforgivable sin. Because anybody who wants to be right with God, there's grace available, right? How I know you, if ever I could say you've forgiven the unforgivable sin, if you don't care about Jesus and don't care about getting right with him, you might have committed the unforgivable sin. So if you want to get right with Jesus, that's a great thing. And he accepts you like this centurion, and he wants you To pray. Don't let that hold you back. This man, as we heard, he says, I am not worthy to have you under my roof. I really want to encourage you. You, you We're not worthy. Let's come from that place of humility. We don't come to a place where we're now we're now worthy of healing. We've now arrived. We've, We've now read the right amount of books and And podcasts. These are all good things. But we must never feel like we are now worthy of Jesus' healing. You aren't. He does it because, as I said before, he is gracious and has authority. Swim response. Firstly, I'm going to ask you this question. Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Firstly, most importantly, this one who commends the centurion's faith, this one who wants the centurion to have a relationship with him, this one who wants this sick um, this servant to have a relationship with him. He wants people from all backgrounds to have a relationship with him. No matter how unworthy we are, no matter how much we've sinned, have you received Jesus as Lord and Savior? And today is the day. Today is the day. If you're not sure... Talk to me at the end. Talk to Phil. Talk to Sarah. Helen, one of the welcome team, come forward to the prayer team at the end. Talk to someone about it if you're not sure. If in any way you think, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm seeking to do good. Uh, 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 wrong. Okay. If you are like that, if you, if I said to you, why are you a Christian? Well, you know, I'm trying to do good. Uh, uh, no. You're a Christian because you believe you're a sinner and Jesus died for you. That's where your confidence is. If, that's, if that, you're not sure where you stand, come and talk to someone about that. Because that's the main idea of the story. He wants, you to give, he wants you to have faith in Jesus and be saved. Secondly, though, I hope you're stirred to have faith for healing. To pray for healing. Belief. Belief that Jesus does heal today like this centurion he wants to heal he wants to heal people this morning come to Jesus with the faith you have and i want to just mention three levels of faith today very briefly there's level 1 god and this is tr- we must all have this Jesus god can heal you know, I believe that he can heal. Now, you may, be, you, know, you may come from a background where you don't talk about these kind of things very much, but you believe that, yeah, Jesus can heal, and, you know, if people are ill, and he wants them to be healed. Yes, they'll be healed. I, I don't get involved in it, but that's, that's... So that's level one. That's just believing that Jesus can heal. And he does do it. He does heal. I believe that everybody who is healed is because of God's grace at work in the world. That's non-Christians and Christians. God is at work in this world, bringing healing to people, regardless of whether they know it or not. And that's level one. Level level two is, I believe Jesus can heal, and I know he wants to work through me through prayer, but I'm not completely sure that he will definitely heal right now in this situation. And that's probably true for most of us, most of the time, we pray for people, isn't it? If we're honest. We're not sure. I know he can. I see in the Gospels he does. And I'm going to pray. But I'm not completely sure that he's going to heal. And we talked about this in previous messages. So, for example, in Luke chapter 5, we, we talked about this in, in, in a previous message. While Jesus was in one of the towns... A man came along who was covered with leprosy or a skin disease. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So I want you to notice the level of faith here. If you are willing. He knows he can, but he's not sure that he will. If you are willing, you can make my servant clean. And Jesus is gracious. He will take you at the faith you have. Some people think. Some people think that's just not good enough. No, no, no. I must. I must believe he definitely will. Then he will. That's just to play. That's just to paint a picture, a caricature of God that he's not like. Can you imagine a child, your child, a friend coming to you and saying, "I really have a need." Um, um, if you're willing, you could help me. You go, no, you must believe I would help you, then I would help you. If your level of faith is, I believe you can, so I'm asking you to, but I'm not completely sure you will, that is, that is faith, and Jesus is pleased with that. Because I, d- I don't like, I really find some teaching on, t- uh, on healing, it just discourages us. Um, but, but this is what he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. See? And I've, I've been in positions like that. You know, I had a friend um, who had terminal cancer. And, you know, I, I, I pr- and I've had various issues. I want to talk about discouragements. Hopefully to, to encourage you. Because I have prayed for people and seen them healed. But I have also prayed for people and they haven't. Been healed. Just raise your hand if that is true of you. Right up. Yeah? And if you haven't raised your hand, it's because you're probably you're not praying for people enough. Because the reality is, we do pray for people and they're not healed. We pray for people with cancer and they die. We pray for people with situations and they die. And the reason why I'm saying that is because that is the reality. We trust he can, we still pray, and sometimes he doesn't. But we must persevere in believing, don't get discouraged. Because as Rath said, he is sovereign over these things. And we must trust and can persevere in prayer. And if that's our face, so we've got level one, yeah, he can. Level two, he can, and I'm going to pray. I'm not sure he will. Level three, and these are not necessarily hierarchical, but these are, this is a different level. It is the one where we say, I believe he can, and I know he will. And you pray with the gift of faith. The gift of faith. So that's, for example, and it was mentioned by Richard. If you read in 1 Corinthians 12, let me just read you some of these verses. So this is in a, in a, in a church meeting setting. You're in a church meeting like this. And it says here, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The manifestation means the revelation, the work of the Spirit amongst us is given for the common good, for our good. But it says here that um, to one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. I'm not going to explain all these. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith. What does that mean? To another, faith. I thought we all had faith. No, extraordinary faith. To another, extraordinary faith. And some of you, some, some Christian teachers talk like we all live at this level of extraordinary faith. No, there are times when you are given the gift of extraordinary faith. And Jesus walked in that. So to another, Faith by the same Spirit. And then it's followed, interestingly, to another, gifts of healing. I thought we could all heal perfectly all the time. No, to another, gifts of healing. And I wonder, and I think it's linked to the previous one, faith. So some of us will be given gifts of faith which lead to healing which is the level I'm talking about, which is, I believe God can, and I believe he will. So in Jesus' name, stand up and walk. But we don't live at that pitch all the time, and don't pretend we can, and you don't. But we are all called to believe he, he can heal, and we pray for everyone. And sometimes, to each one of us, according to his will, he gives us this super level. And we should expect it even today, as we're meeting today. Why not, hey? Eh? Expect the Spirit to give us gifts of extraordinary faith and gifts of miracles as we come together. Because this is God's Word, friend. This is God's Word. It talks about when you come together, the Spirit does these kind of things. So we should expect it. So let's keep asking and praying for the sick. Let's stand together. We're going to worship. And then in a bit, we're going to pray for one another. Jesus loves to see faith that asks for big things. Now, it's not just healing now, right? This is an example. We can ask Jesus for big things. As I was walking down today, I was just thinking, I can ask for big things. And I was asking for political situations around the world. I was asking for members of my family who are not yet Christians, and we can also ask for healing. Jesus loves to see faith that prays for big things. So let's keep asking Jesus to heal. Not because we're worthy. Amen. Not because we're worthy, but because he is gracious and has authority. You realize the same word, that word logos. Say the word logos. Say the word log- logos. Yeah, you can say it. Logos. That word In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. All things came into being because because God spoke the Word. God's Word brings creation into being. God's Word sustains creation. And it's the same Word that can bring a health to your body say the word Jesus and when he speaks there is nothing that can that, that is as yet he makes something out of nothing and he can heal your body he can do anything that and, we, and that's why we, could, we should come and ask for big things and pray for big things Trusting he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Don't let your sin limit you, limit him. Don't let your sense of failure limit him. Come with the faith you have. Come and pray. Don't let the devil hold you back. Come on, guys, let's, let's let our faith be roused. So, we're going to be praying for each other in just a bit. And let's look to Jesus. Don't look at yourself, look to Jesus, the one who created all things, whose word is powerful. The one who died on the cross for you. Look to him as we pray for each other. So we hope and trust that God's going to give us some gifts of healing today. But We're going to sing now in a few minutes. We're going to be praying for each other if we sing. Let's worship together.